3: Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Brooklyn Kitchen. Join me every Wednesday as I talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. Today's episode number 82 of Feast Your Ears and the final show of our summer season here at Heritage Radio. We'll be taking a short hiatus. Uh, There'll still be plenty of Heritage Radio for you to listen to, but there won't be any live shows. Coming back uh, with new shows for Feast Your Ears starting September 13th. The rest of the uh, network starts up on the 7th. So we're taking our little annual summer break. Hopefully everybody gets some time at the beach, some time to relax, sit in a hammock, and we'll be back uh, just when school starts. Uh, I'm headed out uh, this weekend on a book tour. My first book, Vinegar Revival, came out last week. And uh, if you are in Washington, D.C., Charlottesville, Virginia, Chapel Hill, Asheville, Knoxville, Louisville, Columbus, Pittsburgh, I'm coming to your town. So shoot me an email, harry at thebrooklynkitchen.com, or check out uh, Facebook slash vinegar revival and uh, all the tour dates and where i'm going to be doing some bookstores doing some signings in specialty food stores with vinegar tastings teaching a cooking class in knoxville tennessee at three rivers market so check it out Uh, and uh today uh i have i think my longest distance interview ever on feast your ears very pleased i'm being joined by phone uh louise harper on the line from melbourne australia thanks for joining me louise Oh, thanks for having me, Harry. Uh, Louise is the author of a series of cookbooks and also a blog for people who cook for one. Uh, She's on a mission to make sure that people who are living alone uh, aren't just, you know, sitting on the couch eating chips all the time, I guess. Would that be accurate? Yeah,
4: toast and takeaway is the way I put it. Yeah.
3: Uh, Um, Thank you so much for, uh, I don't know if you got up super early or stayed up super late, but uh, it's 1 p.m. on on, uh, the east coast of America and it's 3 a.m. for you now?
4: Yeah, three a.m. But I didn't stay up. I set the alarm. Uh-huh. I just got up you know twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then I'll go
3: straight back to bed. No, that's yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about about you, Louise. When uh, you know when you meet someone, and uh, inevitably the conversation rolls around to what do you do? Uh, what do you what, what do you say? What do you do?
4: I say I write cookbooks. Um, I used to say I was a sculptor, ah. but uh, put that on hold for a while and just concentrating on the books here. So, um, yeah, writing the cookbooks, doing the publicity, all the blogging and cooking. Cooking more food.
3: Yeah, and cooking. And, and you live alone, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so many people are living alone now. It's,
3: yeah, the statistics.
4: It's the fastest growing demographic in the Western world, so we we need some recipes.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking back to,
4: family?
3: to when well, I, yeah, so. ex- exactly. I mean, a lot of cookbooks are geared towards families. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I having just written, I just wrote a cookbook. And, you know, one of the things that I spent a lot of time discussing with my editor was for, you know, how how big to make the recipes. And in some cases, you know, the recipe, the recipe I did say for a roast chicken, the photograph is of two roast chickens. So, you know, that's a lot more than I would imagine you're cooking at home for one.
4: Oh, yeah, look, I try and make recipes that can be done in 20 minutes, tops, one pan, one bowl, and so a lot of the people that I spoke to about why they didn't enjoy cooking just for themselves was the clean-up, yep. the preparation, the time, and um, I also, you know, when you live alone, well, let's face you eat you eat your dinner in front of the television, so... <laughs> Out of a bowl with a fork is so much better than sort of chopping something up on a table, you know. know, you're gonna sit on the couch with the newspaper on your knee, the bowl on your lap, and the T V (laughs) on. Yeah, I mean one
3: of the one of the things Um, I wanted to to simple to ask you about was, well, I wanted to ask you if you have uh, sort of strategies for making the act of eating alone, uh, I guess, more, more enjoyable for people who might not like it. I mean, I think about myself, um, you know, I mean, I, I have, I'm, I'm married, and have two kids, so rarely do I ever eat alone. Um, I do enjoy going out to restaurants alone, because I like to just sort of sit and kind of like look around. Um, however, I'm so conditioned, and I think we're all very conditioned to have the act of eating or eating in a restaurant also involve conversation? And so, yeah. um, you know, I I like the idea you mentioned. You know, reading a book or reading a newspaper. I really like that. Um, but do you have any 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 tips for people to avoid doing what I feel like I invariably do when my family's away? Um, I stand in the kitchen and I snack.
4: All oh, right. Uh, well, uh, because I've lived alone for a long time, I've always had that uh, tradition or. I find that cooking my dinner makes the evening start, mm. you know, so you, you've had your day at work, you come home, and just having that, that short time in the kitchen and preparing me, I'll go, and now I can relax and enjoy my evening. So right. it's, it's sort of a, a marker of time for me. Um, I make it easier by having really short prep times. So, you know, I can prepare my meals during ad breaks if I'm watching something <laughs> I enjoy. Uh, yeah, it's really, really fast. Of course, when you start cooking, um, you're not going to be able to do it as quickly as I do because right. I'm in practice. Sure. But, you know, if you get your hand in, there's not a lot of work to be done in my recipes, and that's important to me. Uh, great food doesn't have to take a lot of time. You can cook fresh, good ingredients. And and have a really delicious meal on your table within twenty minutes.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's I think that's a really great um, I think it's that's a great way to think about it. And I think you're right. I think whether you're cooking for one or whether you're cooking for a family, you know. I mean, as someone obviously, I have a food radio show and I my wife and I run a cooking school, we cook all the time, probably to our own detriment I mean I you know I think that we probably spend more time cooking in the kitchen on a Tuesday night than maybe we should um, just because of the way that we sort of are we were testing a recipe or we want to try something out but even for us i think about it and you know i love the nights where i get home at 6 and dinner's on the table by 6:30 for the whole family because it yeah. means that the whole evening isn't pushed back and i think you're right i mean dishes end up being a huge huge part of that so i love this time of year at least in in the us uh the summer here is great because if you're cooking things on the grill i use almost no pans yeah. if i cook everything on the grill so yeah. the cleanup is much reduced
4: yeah. Yeah, uh,
3: we call it the barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> um. yeah, barbecue. I, I had a show a few weeks ago. You can listen to barbecue means something else uh, in much of the U.S. Uh, as I'm sure you're as I'm sure you're aware. That's uh, you know. But uh, so as far as as far as the 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 making things small, I think that's great. I think that it's a uh, if people start to consider what can I make that just fits in one pan. I mean, I, I recently. Uh, Uh, sort of discovered or started working from uh, a recipe that appears in the Lucky Peach cookbook uh, 100 Easy Asian Recipes and they have uh, recipes in there for doing a single meal in your rice cooker and it's one that I absolutely love because I can set the timer when I go to work in the morning and when I come through the door at night the whole meal except for maybe a salad is ready it's already cooked
4: yeah cool that's a great idea. Uh, the thing with my recipes, too, is, of course, the portion size, and that's something that has become bigger and bigger since the 90s, apparently, that's when it started. But I think it started a little bit early in the 80s when they had... The, remember Nouvelle Cuisine? You yep. have that giant plate with a pinchy bit of food in the middle. <laughs> and and people would look at it and go, oh, could you fill up the plate? Right. And I think those bigger plates started getting bigger... F- Meals on them. And so, you know, we've had this problem where we've been eating too much for so long. And I, I cook quite small amounts for myself. So it, it's a good way to actually gauge the serving sizes, not just for yourself, but, you know, you're not necessarily going to live by yourself forever. And, uh, you know, you know how much is the right size meal for people. So as you become a couple or a family, you're not overcooking. You're not overeating.
3: Now, when you cook, do you plan to have leftovers or not?
4: Uh, look, you know, sometimes I do. Of course, you know, do a huge lot of roast vegetables or something, sure. and have salads out of those for days. Um, but the meals in the book are just for one meal.
3: Just for one meal. So
4: you know, quick, easy, um, and you know, done done as I said really quickly so you're getting a fresh meal every night and of course you know if you want to do leftovers just double the recipe
3: right i mean i i, I always <laughs> think about want. it when i when i was a kid i feel like my lunch at school was always some component of leftover from the night before's dinner And that was just the way that I sort of became ingrained in me as a way to cook. My mom always did that, and I feel like I'm doing it with my kids. And perhaps, you know, now that now that we're having this conversation, I'm starting to think to myself, maybe that's why they often don't eat their lunch, um, is because they don't they they don't see the the sort of like the thrift and the time savings in having the you know having the roasted potatoes for lunch the next day, you know, in a in a potato salad. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I'd love doing it that way, but maybe maybe they don't like it that much. Uh, do right, you, up,
4: you? You could ask them.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, I well, the the eight year old I think will give me a straight <laughs> answer. I think the three year old, I mean, he will give me some kind of answer, but I don't think it's. I think it's going to be that he would rather have you know dried fruit for every meal. That's his sort of thing. So. Oh.
4: Okay. Um, chocolate.
3: Yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. That's that's it. Yeah. Choc- chocolate milk. I think he would prefer all the time. Um, <laughs> Um, as far as as uh, as far as stocking a pantry, um, what kind of things do you have in your pantry sort of on hand at all times?
4: Oh, look, I've always got soy sauce because I, I do lots of stir fries. That's a really good way to get vegetables really quickly. Oh, and that's actually um, I, a, a great
3: way to control the, the size of the meal. I feel like a stir fry is really easy to just cut up the yes. amount of stuff that you need for one person rather mm-hmm. than, say, roasting a whole chicken or something like that.
4: Yeah, and also people think that there's a lot of chopping involved, but you don't have to chop everything up really finely. You know, when you go to a restaurant where they've done all that beautiful chopping for their stir fries, that's restaurant food. We're talking home food here. <laughs> Just, you know, get it get it chopped up to some extent, but, you know, don't get so, so fussy with it that you actually put yourself off cooking. Um, other stuff, I usually have things like mustard, chilli. I'm a bit of a chilli fan. Um... Uh, mayonnaise is a good one, and lots of dried spices and things like um, fresh ginger and garlic and lemons and all of those things that you can just you know put in a squeeze. Or uh, I, I grate my garlic and my ginger rather than having a, a crusher or having to chop it up really finely. I've got one of those plain graters that you um I don't know what you call them. There, they're a flat grater, yeah. yeah. the old box grater. Yep. Yeah, we call it a, a microplane.
3: Can, is the brand that's the a bit, microplane? Yeah.
4: yeah. Yep. I, I've got a, a lesser beast than the, micro, uh, the microplane, but it works really well. Just get the skin off your garlic and, and grate that into your your pan, rather than having to do that fine chopping. So there's all sorts of ways that you can um, get good flavor into your food without having to do a lot of work.
3: Are there certain dishes that um when you plan to make them at home you are scaling them down from a a larger recipe or do you start from a place to scale up if that makes sense? Uh,
4: um well I do have a lasagna for one.
3: I was I was I'm just looking a, at that on your site actually.
4: You saw that one? Yeah, no. I, was ju- I, just um, scrolled, I was I just scrolled I just was looking at that one at recently.
3: Sorry. Yeah, I, w- I was just looking at it. So, so tell me about your lasagna for one, because I think that's a good example of sort of what I'm talking about. I mean, when I think of making lasagna, I think, okay, I need to get the biggest pan I have, and I need to make sure I have enough meat, and I have enough spinach, and I have enough ricotta, like have all of this stuff on hand. So, tell me about the tell me about the lasagna for one.
4: Okay, so usually lasagna is a day's work to get it all together. <laughs> exactly, but this takes about ten minutes. So you get your Tomato sauce, you know, the t- tomato sauce that's the Italian-style one?
2: mm
4: mm-hmm. um, Add some beans, uh, uh, red kidney beans, whatever. Grate some garlic into it, um, some herbs if you want to, and that's get that bubbling away. And while you're doing that, you uh, whisk up some ricotta and milk, uh, some salt, and then instead of using a big lasagna sheet, you use those little square... Um, wonton wrappers.
3: Oh, that's genius.
4: So you're layering yeah, And you use a few more of them because they're thin as, so you want to put more layers. And then you just layer the wonton wrappers, um, mush up the beans a bit so it's got a a meaty kind of texture, but the beans take up the flavor much faster than meat. You know how you'd make your lasagna and the first night you eat it, you can still taste that mincey meat flavor. Um, So the beans actually take up the flavour more. It's vegetarian, but you've still got your your protein from your beans. And, um, yeah, mush it up, layer it up. Um, If you've got a microwave, put it in there for about a minute when you've got it all layered. If you don't, the heat from the sauce will actually warm the lasagna through. Mm. Then whack it under your broiler, get the top nice and brown, and hey presto.
3: I think that's great. So, is this and I you know, so let's say this was a dish that you were going to serve. I mean, I, I assume you don't always eat alone, right? You must, you know, cook for other people or have dinner parties with other people. Um, if you were going to, well, if you were going to have this dish, so let's if you were having four or five people over, would you make it in a larger version or would you make four or five small ones, single serve? Ooh, that's a
4: thought. Um, I'd probably make a larger one and just yeah. you know, when when I'm when I'm cooking for more people, I just use old. Recipes for for many. Sure, yeah, 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 everybody else does. (laughs) Because I was, I was thinking
3: that this might be a good one to have. I mean, that that if I was going to make this at home, um, I might make it separate because that way I could, I could, you know, tailor it to a certain extent for my kids, right? I could, I could, or for me, right? You know, my kids aren't going to want it spicy. They're not going to like the chili flake in there. So, but I would want it spicy. So I could make one that's spicier for me and maybe make one that's got less tomato sauce because my son doesn't like tomato sauce as much as my daughter, that kind of thing. So I feel like it it would be actually a a fun one to do that way. And then they could help put their own together. So it would be fun for them. And I could say, okay, you put your own together. You make your layers and stuff. And that way it's not one giant.
4: Yeah, they've got their own special one. That's a really good idea.
3: Yeah, exactly. um,
4: The main reason I made up all these recipes in the first place is I was doing cooking demonstrations in public places, and so many people came up to me and said, I couldn't be bothered doing that just for me. And that's why I started scaling down recipes, making them fast, uh, making them healthy. You know, a lot of people don't eat fresh food because they think it's going to be too much trouble. They think it's going to be too expensive. Yeah. So not... It's so not expensive to eat fresh food. It's much cheaper and it's much easier.
3: Absolutely, I want We're going to take a you. short break and hear from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to continue on that theme. I want to, I want to talk about how you shop uh, for food when you're cooking for one. Okay. welcome back to feast your ears i'm harry rosenblum and joining me today by phone from all the way around the earth in melbourne australia i have louise harper who is the author of single serve uh she has a number of books uh but her uh her first one or her primary one i guess i would say is uh single serve one pot, one bowl, one meal, uh, and it is about cooking just for yourself, uh, cooking for one. So before the break, Louise, we were talking about uh, sort of the, that there is in fact thrift uh, in cooking for yourself, um, and eating healthy um, is is in fact cheaper. I mean, I you know I think we at least on this station probably uh, more hours than maybe any other radio station on the planet are, are dedicated to talking about how people should be eating good food and eating real food, and it doesn't have to be expensive. So tell me, how do you, how do you approach shopping? Because one of the questions that, uh, I have, you know, I was looking, you have a, a recipe that you posted recently for pasta with seafood. And, you know, I look yeah. at that recipe and, and, I think, you know, when I'm buying seafood, I'm buying, you know, a pound of shrimp or, you know, a dozen or two dozen oysters or, you know, a whole filet of salmon and, you know, your, your picture of your dish, it's some fettuccine and it's like one shrimp and one mussel, and so how, how do you approach shopping um, for cooking a single meal?
4: Okay, so here's a question. We have this thing in Australia we call marinara mix. So you go to your, your fish shop, your fishmonger, and they have, you know, all bits and pieces put together in a mixture. Do yep. you have that over there?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. We, we, we definitely do.
4: Oh, okay. Oh, good. So um, I buy like 200 grams of that, and that's all I need for my mixture. And when I'm doing my marinara, I'll, um, I, I, we call it marinara here. I don't and probably call it seafood there. So you call it tomato sauce marinara? Sauce? Yep. 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 Um, okay, so I'll just buy a small amount. If I'm thinking I'll do it a few nights in a row, maybe I'll get a, a bit more and I'll break it up into a few little bags and put it in the freezer for, right. for later on. Right. Um, and... The thing is, if you've got your pantry well stocked, and I've got this in my book, you know, there's there's a list of what I keep in the pantry, probably about 30 things, you know, including stuff like salt and pepper. If you've got those bases there, you don't have to buy a lot of fresh food. And so, you know, go and buy one piece of chicken or um, a little bit of seafood or you buy... um, you know a steak or whatever and as far as fresh vegetables go just buy small amounts. I mean, it's easy to go and most, most of us live near shops. So mm-hmm. you can go and get more when you want to rather than over buying things and ending up with you know, bags full of slime in the bottom yeah. of your fridge, which <laughs> yeah. we've all done. That's you know? one of
3: my biggest um, pet peeves about, about food is, is seeing that. I mean, my, my father lives alone since my mother passed. And, you know, but he is like the consummate. I mean, he goes to Costco and he'll buy a flat of mangoes. <laughs> And then, you know, he'll
2: oh, I mean, dear. And, then, and
3: then he'll call me and you know he'll say, Oh I'm you know, I'm gonna come down and visit and see you and the grandkids, you know, do you need seven mangoes? <laughs> and I mean even <laughs> as a family of four we don't need seven mangoes, we need like two at a time, so
4: Yeah, people can do that. They think they're actually saving money that way, but they're spending way yep. too much. Yep. That's the thing, when you live by yourself it's really very thrifty to shop by weight rather than by amount. You Mm. you go to Costco, we've got Costco here as well, and you're getting out of there with these enormous amounts of things, and it's just not it's not appropriate when you live by yourself to shop that way.
3: I mean, to be honest, Um, I don't even know how people who who shop there, I mean, they must, you must need to have a giant family. I mean, I even recently, I thought I would happen to be at Costco and I rarely shop there for groceries, but I thought, oh, you know, they have organic chicken, I'll buy some chicken. But I had to buy three of them. And it was just I couldn't yes. I couldn't do it. I mean, even for you know, there's there's only four of us and two of them are kids. I mean, I don't need three chickens and I'm not I don't have room in the freezer to freeze the other two. So, you know, I had I mean I ended up buying a chicken somewhere else, and I don't I don't know who the people are who are buying three or you know, three chickens at a time or people six chickens. People
4: freezers.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: And and people are having parties, you know. It's great place to shop if you're having a party. Yep. Or you want a
3: coffin. <laughs> You can get Yeah, that's true. I guess you can buy a coffin at Costco. Someone told me that recently.
4: Yeah, that was very funny. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, so shopping, shopping in small amounts. Don't think that you're wasting money by buying something smaller. You're probably going to end up saving money. Even when I buy a little can of coconut milk, you know, you can get the giant can of coconut milk. But if I'm making a little um, Thai-style curry for myself, I don't need all of that. And even though it's costing almost as much to buy the smaller can, it's still better sense for me to do that. You know, don't be afraid of, of underbuying. It, it, once you've got it home, you can't take it back. but You can always nip down to the shop and get a little bit more.
3: Right, right. Um, I think I think that's a good...
4: Things like leafy greens. Uh, and here's a tip for all of your listeners, if they don't know it already, throw a a paper towel in with your leafy greens and that will absorb the moisture and stop them going slimy so quickly.
3: Yeah, definitely. That's a, that, that's a great tip. Do you have any, I mean, are there, is there anything that you find that it's hard to buy in a small enough amount that you wish that you uh, could buy in, in a, in a smaller amount that makes it hard to cook, to cook that just for one?
4: Uh, not around here. Um, I, I live in the city. It's, you know, I'm in a really sort of high traffic area for food. So not so much. Um, I'm trying to think, getting half a dozen eggs is becoming tricky. Mm. You know, instead of, I don't need a dozen eggs. I'll right. go through h- half a dozen eggs in a month. Right. So um, if I can't find the half dozen, I just don't get eggs at all. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty well catered for around here. Yeah. Uh, if you're in an area that just had like a, a supermarket instead of smaller stores the thing is i shop at smaller stores too i try to keep the local butcher and greengrocer and all those places in business because i think they they have a different sort of variety from the supermarkets and then you know you, you have that kind of interaction with the people there you get to know them and they can give you hints and tips on what's the best you know, thing in season at the moment. If you're going to buy a steak, for example, you know you butcher, you say, Oh, you know, which is best today? Should I get the you know the fillet steak or the T-bone, or you know, and they'll go. Mm, T-bone's really good at the moment. You, right. and You may be paying a little bit less. They they give you the hints and tips that you need.
3: Absolutely, and and I, I mean I love the idea. You know I I love uh, you know going to market. I mean it's something that you know my wife and I do often, um, but we also sometimes end up making something really you know really big. You know we earlier this week we made a huge batch of roasted potatoes, and then. You know, we, had, we ate them for dinner. We ate them for, you know, lunch the next day. And then last night, I pulled them out again. And my daughter said, I don't want roast potatoes again. And I said, OK, well, we have sweet potatoes, so we'll make those. But, we, you know, we sort of fell prey to this thing of like, oh, well, you know, these great looking potatoes, we bought so many of them, we cooked kind of more than we really needed to. And, and also, you know, and, and needed more variety. So I think if you're cooking for one, you can, in fact, have way more variety in what you're eating yeah. and save money and be supporting these small shops. I mean, you know, you can't go to Costco as, as we pointed out, I mean, you can't go to Costco and buy 200 grams of anything. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, but you can go to your local fishmonger and, and buy, you know, you know, four shrimp if that's what you want. And if you just want to have that or, or six shrimp. You don't have to buy a five pound bag of them frozen. So Exactly.
4: Yeah. And they're better, you know, you, of course, everything that, you Eat from seafood is frozen, they freeze it on the boat when they buy it. Yep. But you know, it hasn't been frozen for a long time, so you, you get much fresher fish, um, yeah, a better variety of, of meats, and um, you can get them to cut them to your size. And, uh, that's, that's another thing I find with something like a swordfish or tuna, you often get these really thick pieces that are hard to cook all the way through. Mm. Um, and you'll end up with dried-out tuna on the outside and raw on the inside. And you know, if you get if you go to your fishmonger, you go, "Oh, can I just have a, a slice about you know half an inch thick?" <laughs> right, right. And that's going to be, yeah, you know, it's going to cook better. And you don't need that much meat anyway. Right. I'm, yep. I'm a bit of a, a meat minimalist. I call myself.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I have a I have a friend who does the same. He calls himself a flexitarian.
4: A flexitarian.
3: Yeah. He, uh, he 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 tries he tries to eat no more than like six ounces of of meat uh, a day, um, but usually less. But substitutes with a lot you know has a lot of plant protein and things. He's also he's also one of the I don't I assume you guys must have CrossFit in Australia. He's one of these like crazy CrossFit guys. So he works out twice a day, seven days a week, like at five a.m. and seven p.m.
4: I just feel tired listening to that.
3: <laughs> yeah, every time I see him, I, I feel tired, and he's got tons of energy. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe there's something to it. I'm not, you know, not really sure. Um, is there any... Yeah, but
4: which one's working? You know, is he working out because he has lots of energy? <laughs> or does he have lots of energy because he works out?
3: Good, good point. Uh, is there anything <laughs> that uh, in cooking for one it does make sense to make in a large batch and say keep in your refrigerator? I, I, you know, in, in thinking about that question, I'm reminded of a friend who used to uh, eat pancakes for breakfast or make pancakes for his kids for breakfast all the time. And for me, I always feel like pancakes is a pain on a weekday when I'm trying to get my kids out the door for school. And his solution to that was he made a, he makes a big batch and then he puts them into a whipped cream whipper with, you know, the nitrous charge so it, they don't go bad because there's no oxygen and all you have to do is uh-huh. pull this thing out of the fridge and you can just pipe one or two pancakes onto the pan at a time, which I thought was brilliant. I haven't started doing it because then my kids would just want to eat pancakes every morning, but is there anything yeah. like that where that you keep kind of batched in, in larger amounts uh, when you're cooking for one?
4: Um, things like bolognese sauce, you know, your, your spaghetti sauce, but you really do have to cook for a long time. Right. Um, anything that I roast, so I'll do a big roast vegetable medley you know, and put in um, red beets and sweet potato and carrots and all those sorts of things. And in summer it's great. Once I've got that all I have to do is add some some rocket and some dressing and I've got I've got a meal
3: basically. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: Um, yeah, so anything I roast, once the oven's on, yeah, I want to right. do something big in
3: there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree, especially at least for us this time of year in the summer. Um, we ha- we've we've had a cool summer the past few weeks. So the other day, I think it was like 65 degrees, and my wife said, Oh, it's below 70. We can turn on the oven in the kitchen and, and roast some stuff. <laughs> Quick roast everything. on yeah. cool. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we're we're just about out of time, but I wanted to make sure uh, that I point people in the right direction uh, to find you on the internet. Um, you can find out more and read Louise's blog at www.singleserve.net.au. You can find her on Twitter at uh, SingleServe. And on Facebook yeah. uh, under the same facebook.com forward slash single serve and I just checked and you can get uh, Louise's books on Amazon here in the United States uh, if you wanted to have her actual paperback copy of single serve you could order it today and have it by Friday so that's pretty good um, okay. and, and it's available uh, as a Kindle uh, actually it's it's much uh, much less expensive if you buy it on the Kindle um, and if you have a Kindle unlimited plan it's included. So anyone out there oh, who's please. listening who has Kindle Unlimited, you should just go and download Single Serve immediately, because it's free. It's part of your membership. I uh, And any,
4: um, I've uh, also got the Single Sweets and the Single Slim, which I wrote for my brother-in-law, and he still hasn't downloaded it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he asked me to write a diet book, so I did. <laughs> uh, um,
3: well, but he but does he live alone? He's your brother-in-law, right? So...
4: No, 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 he, he lives with my sister, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I said, there's heaps of diet books
3: out there, Brian. But no, uh, anyway, I wrote it for him, but he still won't buy it. Any events that you want to mention that are coming up? Um, I know that you at some point have a trip planned over here, and I and I would love, it would be great to host you and have a, a single cooking class uh, at the Brooklyn Kitchen um, if you make it to New York. But do you have any events coming up in, in Melbourne or in Australia that you'd like to mention?
4: No, nothing in, in Australia, um, and uh, I did have a big tour planned, but my finance fell through, so I'm waiting until about next April to come over.
3: Got it. Well, do keep um, us posted.
4: I, I will be in touch. Don't you worry. I'd love to to come and see what you're doing in Brooklyn Kitchen.
3: Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today, and I and I hope you I uh, hope you are able to fall back asleep and uh, get some rest.
4: Oh, that won't be a problem. Thanks for having me, Harry. It's been a real pleasure.
3: Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Feast Your Ears. Big thank you to David Tattashore for engineering this show every week. You can find Feast Your Ears, as well as lots of other great shows, at heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please take a moment to like the show on iTunes and reach out to me if you have any questions. Reach me via email, harry at thebrooklynkitchen.com. You can follow me on social media, at thefoodballer. Have a great week. Uh, Actually, have a great couple of weeks, and I'll talk to you in September.
2: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter.